Welcome back to the Shit Dad Podcast, where we celebrate our big man blunders, because we're all in the same boat when it comes to fatherhood. I'm Dave, married father of one, and one on the way, and let's be clear, I love beer. <laughs> uh, I'm Cam, father to a three-year-old and an 18-month-old, uh, and I'm still selling a Hyundai i30 <laughs> wagon, if anyone's interested. <laughs> and I'm Nick, married three kids under six, and I'm putting my fatherhood and patience to the ultimate test with seven days at home with five of us in COVID isolation. Good so welcome uh, to our first guest episode of 2022 and to our guest dad, ex-Brisbane Royal Captain, current Director of Coaching and Player Coach at Brisbane City in the NPL, father of four, Matt Smith. How's it going, Matt? Yeah, thank you so much. Welcome. Listen to those intros. I'm, I'm Matt Smith, father of four. <laughs> probably, probably not the best dad, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on, mate. Obviously, this has been uh, you know something we've been looking forward to at the start of the year, and we've there's been a few false starts with COVID and things around, and obviously Nick's now uh, in that tough boat. But yeah, we really appreciate you coming on. No, um, thank you for, for, for coming to Brisbane City. It's great that you guys can come in and see the club, and, and um, it's good to host from here. So, pleasure to be on. Yeah, no, thanks, and we look forward to coming back to watch some games. Yeah, and get, have some pizza. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> the pizza. <laughs> Quick Brisbane City plug. They make good pizza and good yeah. football. <laughs> uh, so, uh, <laughs> tell us about your family, Matt. All, all, all age groups are welcome. As well. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm very, very, very lucky, man. I have a, a beautiful wife, um, four beautiful children, age 13, 10. Um, seven, seven, and seven. So um, we, um, I've kind of gone through that whole baby phase now, which is which is phenomenal. I love the baby stage, but also um, it's great now that they can wash themselves, feed themselves, do their teeth, do yeah. their hair, and um, it makes it makes the mornings very, very easy. Yeah. Know, before where you have to get four kids ready for school and do the hairs and do everything ready and. Well, my wife will say she'll still do that whilst I'm sleeping. But, um, yeah, again, very, very fortunate, very, very lucky, and um, we really enjoying our time back in Australia. Nice. Um, well, uh, before we get to your story and a bit of an interview, wanted to uh, kick off with a couple of dad jokes. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, what's red and smells like blue paint? No, red paint. <laughs> oh, here we go. Um, here's mine. All right. Uh, I lost my job at the bank on my first day. A uh, lady came in and asked me to check her balance, so I pushed her over. Oi. <laughs> 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 Should I um should I tell my joke about paper? Actually, no, nah, don't worry about it. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Would you call a man with a with a spade in his head? Dog. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. My kids still laugh. My wife just shakes her head. That's the best thing about dad jokes. Yeah. They're not for us. Yeah. They're for yeah. the kids. <laughs> They're supposed to annoy your wife as well. <laughs> Now, um, for our listeners, just to remind us, so February is Wellness Month, um, so uh, what we've been trying to do for this whole month is think about all of our goals uh, and, get, and get people, uh, I guess, on track and continuing some of those positive um, New Year's resolutions that they've started at the start of the year. Um, so thanks to Smashing Fibres, as you guys know, they're our sponsor, um, so we're going to be smashing goals with Smashing Fibres all throughout uh, the next few months. Uh, if you like the Shit Dad podcast, we'd love you to support the guys at Smashing Fibres Apparel. Um, check them out on Instagram fill up that shopping cart and use the code ship ship free for free shipping uh today i actually bought the fire starter t-shirt and the urban weapon shorts 
They're pretty cool names for clothes. Mm. <laughs> I was having a look this morning too, just after a work, and I was like, I need to get some more gear. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, nah, this is going to take me all day. I had to get ready for work. So <laughs> I left it. It's on the back burner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll let you know how the fire starter and the urban weapons go. I'm going to have to get up, Matt. Uh, Matt, the Smashing Fibers rep, uh, oh, sorry, owner. For the, his naming of the of the T-shirt, he's supposed to be a firefighter, not a fire starter. <laughs> yeah, get on for that. <laughs> Have a word you, with him. You wait. You got a thirteen-year-old, and she tells you if you're fashionable or not. So she's like, "That you're not coming out me with that." She's like, "Get upstairs and chat." <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm thirteen. I've got a two and a half-year-old. He's telling me that already. <laughs> Well, my, I, how about this? My dad told me. My dad told me that I need to dye my hair because it's getting grey. I was like, "Come on, mate!" Your dad? <laughs> yeah, he's the greyest man alive. <laughs> Bit rich. I know. <laughs> uh, now, Matt. So, yeah, really excited to hear your story. Obviously, get into a few questions. Um, it's a really unique story. Um, but first of all, our question to you was around fatherhood. Uh, I wanted to understand uh, how do you describe what type of dad you are. Um, and is it different to what you thought you would be casting your mind back all those years? Oh, well, uh, tough question to answer in a few seconds. Huh? <laughs> I think that <laughs> I think a, lo- a lot of how you parent is is how you was how you uh, taught, right? So as a as as a child growing up, I guess your your parents and your grandparents, your aunties and uncles, you know, teach a certain value. So mm-hmm. growing up in England and being surrounded by family. Um, Kind of, you know, rightly or wrongly, you, you kind of form your own your own judgment on on how you parent, and then, obviously, as society changes over the over the the decades, um, I guess you kind of form your own way. And 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 one of the things that that we that we quickly established um, with our first was that, um, uh, gratefully, everyone's everyone's there to, to, to cast an opinion. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. You should be, yeah, and and before you know it, you, you're getting so many messages. You're like, oh my god, I'm so lost and confused. And I think that probably the biggest thing that that, that my wife and I established was just, it just become natural. So there's no there's no right or or wrong. There's 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 just your way. So kind of going with that. Um, and my wife is is from a beautiful family as well. Um, she's she's one of five. So I'm one of four myself. So we've been we've been raised with with kind of large families, and when you have large families, it's 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 fun, it's it's busy, it's it's stressful, it's uh it's like a it's like a bus timetable um, after school. You, know, you drop off and pick up and and everything. But I think that as any or I like to think as any parent, it's it, it's all about you know being being a father when you need to be a father. Um, I think it's or parents should I say um, sometimes you. They, uh, you, you're their best mate, and then there's the other time where you need to you need to be the father, and, and obviously, um, if my kids say them, I'm I'm probably the strict one. Um, I'm probably the one that's the the, the fun police is coming out. Um, <laughs> my, my wife is definitely definitely the the more um, the more relaxed one. But I think that's I think it's important for us that we have balance in that. I think yeah. that it's I think that it's good because I think children need children need boundaries and they need to know the right and the wrong and they need to know how how to behave in society and behave at school or with classmates or here at the club or wherever they go. So, um, so yeah, I think in terms of how we, how we try and parent, it's, it's how we would, how we were raised and, and we had very, we were lucky to have very good upbringings and, and, um, and our peer groups too. You know, we have, we have some good friends around us with, with children now. And I guess by, by socializing, you know, very, very regularly that, that, you know, you, you kind of bounce off each other and support each other. Is that, was that harder with family in the UK, like being separated, or, or are they here, or what was your setup um, with support? Yeah, so um, all of my wife's family is in England, and and um, my parents, we we all moved over here in. Well, they moved in two thousand four. I I joined them in two thousand and seven, um, and 
from from my point of view with my brothers and sisters and and obviously their their their, their children um they're on the coast we're up here in brisbane so we're close uh, or close enough and um my wife's family is still in england so all of her brothers and sisters and, and and extended family are there so obviously she you know she's she's very family orientated obviously um mother's irish father's algerian so culturally is is very unique in terms of uh, of, of a very loving family dynamic um they, they speak every day twice a day three times there's always facetime so m- my wife struggles obviously seeing them and, and we obviously with covid a little bit different but generally speaking we're there at least once a year and they're and they're over here one, at least once a year and when we lived in asia that it was it, it was the same so um yeah we, we get the support here um, from my side of the family but um but yeah my wife struggles a little bit from um from being far away yeah, yeah i can imagine during COVID it would be just that extra extra bit tough yeah yeah, well, the borders uh, the borders are easy now, so they're, I think they're black, they're booked to come in um, June or July, which is great. So yeah, look, it, it's the world's in a funny space at the moment, so we have to ensure that number one, everyone's safe and secure, and then I'm sure the things things will open up soon. Yeah, nice. All right, so I think uh, Nick had a couple of listener questions as well. So we had a few listeners uh, reach out to us through the <coughs> socials. Very excited to ask you some questions. Okay. Hey. Uh, uh, I've got one from Tim here, Matt, and he's asked, um, what did you do above and beyond your teammates and your mates growing up uh, to make it where you did? He's got, I know for a fact he's got two young lads who are in NPL um, in the youth stages at the moment, and I know that um, any sort of advice you can give to that sort of age group would go a long way. Yeah, good question. I think, um, again, it comes back down to how to how you were raised. Um my father's a carpenter. My mother used to work in. Um, she was um, started off as a, a cashier in a supermarket that worked worked her way up um, into a, I guess, a senior management role within within Tesco's. I don't you probably guys don't, don't know what Tesco's mm-hmm. is, but it's like your your worst week holes. So, um, you know, we were we always had a roof over our head. We were always supported as 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 kids. But my parents worked their socks off to to be able to get through life. Um, obviously in England going through the 80s and 90s with you know in the building trade it was, it was tough at times and so I guess what that inherently taught me was you know my parents were, were, were hard working people so um, I would always you know, my, my dad would come in from work um, my mum would grow up from work and that was pretty much uh, your six seven days a week right so without you even knowing it you, you kind of install yourself okay well life, life's going to be hard so I guess one thing that or my not biggest advice but a piece of advice that I can say for any young aspiring person it doesn't necessarily need to be a player a football player but any young aspiring person that, that um, wants anything in life is you've got to go out and grab it like it, things aren't going to be given to you and um, you know, sim- simple hard work determination and, and re- resilience when, when, when things aren't going so well but also when things are when things might be going well, it's quite easy to get comfortable. It's quite easy to get complacent. So, it's the ability to always keep keep pushing, pushing and challenging yourself. That um, you know that uh, you're in, you, number one. You enjoy what you do, um, but you also do whatever is appropriate, necessary. I'm not too sure what the right word is, but if you want something yeah. in your life, you've, you've got to go out and get it. No one's going to give you nothing. I think that's awesome, nice. awesome advice too, because I'm a teacher and I'm seeing these. I guess these young young kids coming through these days and um, lucky enough to spend 10 years I was teaching at a school where it was very sport heavy and you could see those ones that were so, so talented but they had no drive or that, that hard work behind them they just, they just relied on that talent but you could see that one that was just on their tails and had that hard work and then now I'm 10 years out and you can see those ones 
who were so talented, they've actually haven't gone anywhere. But these ones that weren't as skillful but had that drive, they push themselves and push themselves. So I think, and like you said, but not just sport, in life, having that little bit of resilience and, you know, if you want something, go and get it. So that's awesome, Matt. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Matt, um, anyone who's seen you train and seen you play knows that, uh, like, sorry, back to a football sense now, that anyone who's seen you train or play knows that you sort of expect the best out of anyone, everyone around you. Um from for a, specifically for a football player, what would you uh, would you say you would train more or train harder, or is it just that mentality of expecting the best from everyone? A bit of everything, really. Like um, and showing it yourself. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess deep down, and uh, I'll always be a competitor. Um, I'm. I, I had the question the other day actually. Why? Um, why do you think Ange may be captain when Matt McKay left the Rangers? And I was like, Jesus, I've never been asked that question before. Like, and, um, and you know that even during, during that era that, that, that we were very fortunate um, at the Raw that you know, there was far better technically gifted players than myself. Um, but I guess the one thing that, that, and still now, like I've literally just come in from the training pitch um, and um, I, always, I always go into training wanting to be the best player on the pitch, whether or not that's in training or whether or not that's in a game. So for my own standards, I, I would get frustrated at losing. <laughs> I don't let the kids lose in the five side of the garden, right? So um, <laughs> I don't like losing anything, you know, especially out on the football pitch. And you know, I'm, I'm a lot older now, so I can't necessarily move around as, as quick as what I used to. But um, I always wanted to win. Like there was, there was that drive and that will to win. There was the drive and the will to always be the best every single day um, within the Perfect. football pitch, right? So um, I guess what that, what that led to was... like. I guess the recruitment of Brisbane Raw during during that during that era was there was like-minded people. So it might be one thing that okay, I'm I'm I'm, I'm setting my own standards, but when you have got like-minded people around you, I guess it's the same work, right? Mm. If you have got like-minded people around right. you that, that are prepared to drive and and really commit to what you're trying to build, then it makes your job easier. And that that, that was what it was like. That there was there were several of us that were that were constantly day in day out just pushing each other, and that then that then brought the group up. Um, to a point where obviously that was sustainable in terms of larger numbers. So, so yeah, like that's that that was why I done it was because the bigger picture was that I wanted I wanted our club and our team and our squad to be as successful as what it could be. Um, again, it goes back to being comfortable. I didn't want to fall into the trap of just doing enough to get by. Like I wanted to keep pushing, and I didn't get the opportunity to play pro till I was twenty seven. So, um, mm. I was never going to give that up easy, um, especially when I just got in. Nice, and uh, we've got one more. Listen, a question from Chris. A um, little bit less serious this time, but um, <laughs> how much? <laughs> those other questions are quite deep, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, how much did you love beating Sydney FC, and uh, what team do you make your kids support? <laughs> yeah, we, we always like uh, we always like being beating Sydney. That, that, that's the only ever chant that I think that the Raw fans ever sung for me was about was about me in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> As a Raw fan, you might have to, if there's any listeners, um, if, uh, if any of the Raw fans, then you, maybe you can get them to sing it because there's no way that I'm singing it. <laughs> no, no. I remember when we first, within the first year, um, obviously, yeah, I think um, Brisbane Raw had finished quite quite low in the ladder the previous year and um, we didn't win for the first four rounds in, in that first Angie era and we had Sydney FC at home and it was, you know, the the Queensland versus New South Wales thing. It was touted and we won one. And that was my first taste of, of beating Sydney and I guess throughout the next five years, we were very fortunate that we got we got the better of them more more often than not. But it was um, 
it was always a sweet taste when we walked off that one, <laughs> especially now. Because <laughs> look, they're a great club. They've got great fans. They give you a hell of a lot, hell of a lot of abuse, which is which is great. Like again, football in this country is developing, it's growing. So to have that rivalry yeah. is really exciting. Nice. Hey, um, we're just gonna kick off into the questions now because we've got a few to ask you, but we won't. Um, we'll, we'll keep it following as best we can. Um, but let's kick it off from the beginning, mate. So, Bunda one. How did you go with um, with the births? Was there any complications as far as um, the wife or yourself or anything like that? And um, how did you overcome them? Um, I guess with the with the, with the first pregnancy, um, and obviously they get easier as the, as they go on. Like obviously, I'm sure that any any parent will tell you um, when you have your first pregnancy, you, you feel a bump. You're like straight hospital. What's going on? Yeah. Um, <laughs> or there's a or, or you, you, you put your put your hand on the tummy. Or you, you can't feel any movement. Something something must be wrong, right? So, I think um, during during that first pregnancy, like all parents, it, it's a massive learning curve. It's it's a massive adjustment, and it's such a beautiful thing, right? Um, an an amazing process to go through so i remember um i remember during 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 the first pregnancy there was there was a moment there where the cord the cord might have might have got stuck and there was a bit of a worrying moment with that um and again you freak out and then afterwards you kind of later realize that it's that it's fairly common as such um but that was but that was probably a freaky um moment where my wife and i were obviously heavily stressed right and um i can't comprehend or understand what 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 my wife was going through during during that point so i guess and my wife's my, my wife's a nurse right she works in oncology so oh, yeah. she she deals in all present situations but if um if, <laughs> if one of my children slip over and or if they cut their cut cut their hand chopping something or something like that she absolutely freaks out but get her in the get her in the hospital she's calm as anything so <laughs> i guess that was i guess i take over um, the whole calmness side with with anything that kind of happens emergency wise and I guess from that it was just trying to stay calm and composed because obviously you know the most important part of the process is obviously my wife and how she copes with it all so I guess that's probably the only the only real um, big drama that we had from that the, the sticks in my mind was was with Ava our first and going through that period in hospital where um, you know, wasn't too sure and, and obviously you, you're trying to put on a brave face you're trying to say all the right things but you're pretty, pretty deep down she's like Matt just, just be quiet you're not saying anything, anything <laughs> you, you ran over your head here <laughs> uh, and, and, uh, Aisha's, and my wife's name's Aisha and um, her, her mother's a nurse as well so um, it runs in the family yeah right <laughs> yeah, nice. how did um, how did you cope with the um, the stresses of being a new dad in the first year um, Not just for your first. Obviously, it changes per, uh, every kid you have. But yeah, that first that first kid, first year is always pretty stressful. Hey. Yeah, I mean, there was there was a lot there was a lot of transition. Uh, we just moved um, to Australia. Um, you know, I, I finished off my master's degree in in the UK and played played football in Bangkok in the in the World University Games. I then backpacked for six months. Met my wife. Um, we moved to Australia. Um, dead set on buying a house. I said, like, okay, well, I want to try and start the, start off the journey. Um, my wife and I, well, not at that point, my wife, but we've been together for probably just over just over a year, and and um, and we fell pregnant with Ava, and we were just we were just you know buying a house and doing these doing these exciting things, and it was um, you know it was uh, a moment of I guess um, I wouldn't use the word impact, but a massive life changing yeah. event of moving to Australia all at once. Buying, uh, all, 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 yeah, exactly. So. Um, I remember I was working as a marketing manager, you know, during the day and playing at Brisbane Strikers at night. So I was driving from Gold Coast to Brisbane, and then my wife's pregnant. So then you 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 then got to adjust, and then 
obviously with the football, you know, you, you kind of have you know, you, you're you're the breadwinner, you're you're the you're the man of the house. You've got to provide and support. And so I guess you know, I'm quite t- traditional like that. Not so much now, but but especially back then. So I was doing everything that I could to try and make sure that my family was supported and making sure that we you know, we started our life. So that first year was was a big transition in in, in trying to balance work, football. Um, being a father, being be, 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 being a husband, and, and obviously with my wife's family being overseas, it was it was ensuring that everything was kind of balanced. And um, obviously, you know, having a, a newborn baby was an unbelievable, amazing um, feeling. Um, you know, amazing um, memories, and it actually helps watching the Champions League at four o'clock in the morning. Because <laughs> <That's true>. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually brought that up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it's funny because when I then turned professional with with Owen, actually, um, so uh, I shipped for with Owen, and at that point I was playing pro football, and and uh, as you know, like you're, you're so tired. Um, I used to fall asleep at like three o'clock in the afternoon because we were training in the mornings, and and um, so my wife's like. Trainings in the morning. I'll do all the nighttime stuff for the other two. So like perfect. Um, but with Ava, yeah, I was. I wouldn't mind getting up during the middle of the night, um, and then which also coincided with some either Premier League football or some Champions League football or something like that. So, um, but amazing, amazing memories and and, and 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 ones that we'll obviously cherish forever. That's really uh, that's, that's really interesting. We um, we were chatting about it a bit last week. Um, with the boys around a lot of our listeners a lot of people that are coming to us and and, and reaching out are um, first-time dads or about to be first-time dads so um it's easy i guess once you're into this you know the thick of it when you've got one or two or even yeah three or three or four um you know kind of forgetting what, it, what it's like to cast your mind back so it's obviously hopefully some of those f- um, upcoming first-time dads get something out of that yeah no, like i think it's those small little details like the first the first cry, the first cough, um, the first time that um, you know maybe the, the, the like Aisha, I'm sure she I'm saying had had trouble breastfeeding. Yeah. So even 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 that causes a lot of stress, right? Because obviously you know as a mother you want to make sure that your that that your, that your newborn gets food, right? But that's it's not a it's not as easy as as just flicking a switch, right? Yeah. It's, it can be a hard process, and it got easier with with the second and the third. Um, but I remember, I remember the like the first the first few months it being you know really emotionally frustrating because obviously my wife was so was so desperate to do that she was stressed out and I was like just you know it's easy for me to say you know just just relax you're doing all right but then obviously the, the baby needs food right so I, I guess um, that 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 was a, that was probably a stressful point of it and then like I said like everyone everyone was like oh you got to do you got to try this you got to try that you got to do this you got to do that and and that's great and 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 there's some really good advice in there but you always find your way. Right. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I was just, it was early on, my wife was there. I've only got the one, but same thing. Had that trouble and you could just see that that frustration, that stress was building up in her and nothing that I said, nothing that I could do would make it better, you know, but you just, you knew eventually, or well, I knew eventually, probably being that calming nature of mine, it was going to work its way out, you know, and, you know, because the midwives got Bob to latch. So we can get it done, you know. So saying that calming nature and, you know, it's definitely a really good point and, you know, um, you made another point, Matt, about having that balance. It's, it's not just that father and that, you know, that worker anymore. It's you still got to remember that you're that partner or that husband and you've got to find that time. You know, yes, early on you're probably not going to find that time, but, you know, when you get that routine, you know, to those, new, you know, dads and families out there, you've got to find that time eventually just to remember that you are still you know that husband wife or you know boyfriend girlfriend whatever it might be just to keep yourself strong you know and connected that's probably the biggest thing that i struggle more with now actually than what i did back then 
um, if I'm honest. Yeah. The, the hardest part of, of the of the pregnancies was actually the pregnancy. So yeah. for the first, I'd say three months, my wife suffered really bad. So she she would not move from the sofa. She, like she was she was gone. And obviously with the first it's fine because we didn't have other children to look after. Whereas obviously with the second and the third pregnancy, when, when your wife is, is that sick that she can't get out of bed and I'm still trying to juggle work and, and life and balances, that, that was really tough. Like we ended up flying um, my wife's family over to come and help support because wow. I was playing pro at that point and I was flying interstate and going into Asia and doing all sorts of stuff. And my wife literally just felt that bad. So even in that in itself, like if you have a family around that's able to support during, during those times too, like that, that was a real help for us. Um, but I, 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 I've been very, very lucky, and I've been very, very grateful that I've seen a lot of my kids for about for about ten years. Obviously, playing playing pro, we used to train early in the morning here at Brisbane. We'd be I'd be home most days by about ten, eleven. Um, every you know, couple of times a week, there'd be some promotional stuff that we'd have to do. But I was always there for drop off. Generally speaking, I was always there for pick up or yeah. there for after school. Um, so I was present um, yeah. in Asia when we moved over there. It was an amazing experience. Um, we were lucky there for five years and. Again, it felt like a five-year holiday, but I was always around the kids because we used to train late at night because of the heat. So um, I find it difficult now when I'm transitioning out of playing into into a new role um, and, and, and I guess taking on my responsibilities here within Brisbane because, I'm again, it's a new chapter in my life. Um, and I'm sure my wife will express the same, is, is that I then struggle with the balance more now than what I did then because I'm you know, very career orientated, but yet I'm still trying to balance being a father and being a husband. Mm-hmm. So that's, I, I don't have a solution, so I can't give you any advice. Um, it's literally like day by day, week by week, and, and yeah. sometimes it, it causes a bit of friction. Sometimes it's, you know, my wife's very understanding. She, she really is. Um, but it's, I guess communication is probably the biggest thing that I can advise in that is that, you know, there's sometimes that, you know, I get really frustrated because she's like, she expects certain things, but I understand that she, she's just wanting me around. And, and on the flip side, she, she knows that I'm building something here at Brisbane city with it, with it, with it, within the club. And, and she knows how determined I am with that. So it's about understanding yeah. and communication from her as well. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Brilliant. Hey, uh, well, last thing from that, from me, Matt is, um, so the feeling of going from, um, you might have touched on it a little bit, but the feeling from going from having no kids and being just husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend to having this little thing that you've got to look after forever. A lot. Well, there's, there's some dads that really don't. Um, they don't go too well with it. They don't cope with it too well. Do you have any advice for, um, especially maybe the younger dads um, who aren't coping so well and things that they can do in their own life to um, to get along with it? Um, good question. Um, I guess what what thing I'm full of them, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm out of. I think I touched a little bit earlier. My wife is very. Um, she's a lot more chilled than what I am. I guess I'm. I get. I get frustrated qu- quite quickly, and I'm, I guess what I've. What I try to do is is just simply breathe. <laughs> Because there's times like I might be in the car and I've had a long day or busy and I pick the kids up from school and they're fighting in the back or they're, you know, we're down, we're down somewhere and for whatever reason they're, I don't know, they're annoying me. <laughs> I think that at times where, um, by just by having um, just a couple of seconds of, of, of just of just breathing and just just kind of zone zone out for a bit and it it just kind of chills me for that that that, that five yeah. or ten seconds because. I guess yeah. I don't feel ashamed to do it. Sometimes you, know, you do get frustrated, and you do. It's, it's not shout, but you do. You know, 
probably communicate to, to, to your children in, in a manner in which you, you don't necessarily want to. Yeah. Um, but it happens in life, right? So I guess by, by just ensuring that, that it's a bit of a flick of a switch, that when, when I feel that I'm getting frustrated, that, that I either take myself out of the equation for a little bit, just going to go find a little peaceful corner, and it might be 20 seconds, like, okay, cool, I'm done now. <laughs> Um, it might be just hanging the washing out just to get yeah. just to get a bit of space. Then that that kind of also helps. But um, one of the things that, that, that my, my wife and I at least try and do once a year is is just try and get some alone time. So um, again, like uh, we, uh, we spent we spent six nights up at Hamilton just before Christmas. You know, um, my parents looked after the kids. Um, but I think it's right. important that, that that as that as husband and wife and boyfriend and girlfriend that. You know, at some point you have something to look forward to. You have something to plan that's just you guys. Um, I feel that that helps balance us throughout the year, knowing knowing that that, that potentially it's it's coming up or mm-hmm. something something to look look forward to that's just not surrounding looking after the kids. And I guess it's the reason why my wife went back to work is because her life just revolved around pick up, drop off, pick up, drop off, homework, football, swimming. Yeah. Um, so for for my wife to have her own um, space and, and I guess adult conversation away from the family was. I guess another good balance, probably more so, maybe if it's for the stay-at-home mums or the stay-at-home dads, it works both ways, right? So I think um, there's a couple of things there that I guess we we try to look forward to. And my wife always gives me my wife always gives me the look if she sees if she sees that I'm getting a bit tense, she'll give me like the look, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> that, that's it's amazing what a couple of deep breaths and a uh, a bit of a alone time can do, eh? <laughs> well, we actually learn it in Asia. Um, it's the first thing that you're taught in Buddhism, actually. Um, so to, to being in Thailand, the first thing that the monks learn is that is it, if you think about it, any any stressful moment, anything to do with your life, the first thing you do is tense up. If, if you watch penalty takers now, but watch them closely, all they do is they, they, they take big, deep breaths in and out. It's just to try and calm them, right? So... Um, Again, it's only a little, a little technique, but it's something that we picked up overseas. That, that um, if you feel yourself getting you know, stressed and pressured, or that you're in a tense environment, and within sport, you're always in tense environments. But when you're at home and you've had a long day, and, mm. and the kids are just not settling down, and, and, and then your eyes frustrated, and, and it's quite easy. It's quite easy to you know to, to kind of add to that. Whereas, I don't know. Uh, I'm not saying I have the right answer, but it's it's something that, that I no, try and do. Have, we haven't heard that advice yet. No, so no, no. Good, yeah, that's no, all gold. We spoke about the the iceberg. Nick, you mentioned that iceberg analogy. That you know that's a, that's only the tip. You know, these those those kids in the back seat, just that tip of that iceberg, and you've got all these thoughts going on about oh, you know what's what's happening at the club, you know, all these things. But what's awesome is that your wife recognises that in you, and that you guys can communicate with that. So that's a, that's that's an awesome thing because I think. For, for someone to be able to come and tell me like, "Hey, mate, you're mm-hmm. you need to breathe," <laughs> you know, and if, even if it is five seconds, you know, yeah, like take, take it a would walk. be great because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's that self recognition of that. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, I do need to remove myself, and then let's let's look at that. So I think that's some great advice mm-hmm. to everyone out there, mate. Uh, now we have <laughs> this is something that I'm quite interested in because I want to have a big clan at some point. How do you go from one? I know it didn't jump that far, but with four, like, what's the difference in terms of that that craziness? And you mentioned that the two youngest are about the same age. Yeah, so um, we, we we had three three children on our own, and, and we adopted our fourth when we were living in living in Bangkok. So, um, but there's only five months between them, so it's kind of like twins. Um, obviously, having having your first is obviously a big lifestyle change. Uh, we found going from from one to two quite easy. Um, you still have the same. The same, the same car. It's still, you know, getting around anywhere is still, still fine. Um, going from going from two to three was was a bit more of a jump because we couldn't quite fit 
at that point three car seats in the back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't quite. Uh, uh, you know, you, you, you then kind of go. I mean, it, it's all it's all the, the the external stuff that probably really doesn't matter, but it's just a bit of an inconvenient stuff. Like you know, um, we had a we had a three bedroom house we were living in in Aspley, but when you have the other child, obviously you, you know the third child, then you obviously you want to try and give the children a bedroom of their own and. So you got to get the bigger car. You got to get the bigger the bigger house. Like you don't have to. I'm just saying it's the stuff that doesn't really matter. But it's kind of the day to day stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, you go to. Um, we're living in Asia quite a bit, and you, you know, we used to be fortunate enough that we could we could holiday quite a lot. So whenever you go to hotels, you got to get two hotel rooms. <laughs> it's little things like that. So yeah. um, going going from from three to four was was generally fine because we'd already got the bigger car. Like we we already had the seven seater car because we had the three. We already had the bigger house because we, we had the third. So we didn't really find it too much um, too much of a jump. And we kind of have a little split with not a split, but we do have a split within our family. Like um, my ten year old boy, my son. My 13-year-old daughter, that they kind of hang out and if you go to the beach, they're the ones that are just in the surf, playing bat and ball, frisbee, playing football. Or whatever. My, my daughter's very, um, very sporty, which which obviously helps. Um, and then have the two younger ones, Isla and Ruby, that they're, they're like twins. So um, 90% of the time, they they they're they gonna like a house on fire. They're, they're always playing. They always keep each other company. Um, the 10% of the time, they're, they're each other. Really <laughs> but, um, we're quite lucky with that dynamic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the more kids you have, basically, if you if you got them in within good ages, then um, as they get older, it generally helps. Yeah, yeah. Becoming mates is quite cool. Yeah. yeah. I think the back of that was myself. You know, I'm one of three boys and a sister. So now, like, yes, we we fought like us boys like crazy. Um, a lot of the times was just friendly, and then the serious ones happened like ten percent of the time. Um, but now, like as an adult, it's yes, they're, they're brothers, but they're also like best mates. You know, and I think that's awesome. You know, when you're when kids, so I've only got the one said, but when I see those kids and those siblings that are friends as well, not just that, you know, mm-hmm. siblings, it's just so awesome to see. So, yeah. Well, boys, boys, I reckon we need to pull our kids together and, and play Shit Dad Pod FC against Smithy FC. <laughs> <laughs> My boys are ruthless. He's absolutely ruthless. <laughs> My boys are probably Christ. Yeah. <laughs> if my Sorry. son has my skills, then we'll lose. <laughs> <laughs> like my son's ten, and he's, uh, <laughs> he, try, he tries to fight with his big sister, but he, she, she's so strong for him. He's like, <laughs> you have no chance. Maybe in like four or five years. Time. <laughs> um, now, really, really uh, interested to hear the answer to this question. So, obviously, um, you wear your coach hat sometimes, and then you swap to your dad hat. Um, do you have any strategies? Uh, when you're coaching 30 blokes that you can also apply to fatherhood and coaching your, your little tribe? Consistent messages is probably the biggest one, consistency. Yep. I think um, kids kids feed off you and they, they know what, they know all your little triggers. The players know your, your personality. They know all your mannerisms. They know how you communicate. They know when you're upset. They know when you're angry. They know when, they know when you're happy. They know how to how to get get under your skin um and they test the boundaries they push the boundaries i guess players aren't too dissimilar to, <laughs> to my kids in some, in some respect and there's your headline in that um <laughs> so i think i think consistent messaging is is and, and consistent behaviors is is uh, one thing that, that probably cross correlates with with kids and i guess the the players that um within my first team is like i said if if you're if you're going from one extreme to the next, you know, and you're fluctuating day in day out, then I don't think that has any real. Um, there's no pattern to that. So um, I guess players or, or, 
or, or children don't necessarily associate or recognize that. So to have consistent themes, messaging, that, that's, that's also across, I guess there's a little bit of a correlation, my wife's not gonna like this. There's a little bit of a correlation between your coaching staff and obviously your wife, right? Because if, if, if you guys aren't aligned, if you guys aren't, yeah. If you're not aligned, if you're not aligned with how you're the parent. Maybe because I'll play football. Uh. If you're not aligned as a parent, you send their mixed messages. It, same if you, yeah if you if within your coaching staff if you're not aligned in your messages then the players get confused so the kids get confused so that's yeah it. that's really good I, I yeah. think I I have once again haven't heard that from anyone but it makes a lot of sense you know um, sometimes my wife and I have little um, little fights around things like you know I've said don't do this and now you're saying do it even just things like that being on the same page and quite aligned with the little things and some of the big things yeah so even um, oh, we we had a game last night and um, th- th- things weren't working so well and it was a it was a, fr- a frustrating game and. Before I went into the changing room, I, I spoke to my coaching staff um, you know, out of out of sight with my players because I wanted to, you know, have a have a really open conversation about what they saw and, and you know I didn't want my players seeing that. So it's no different to kids, right? Like there's sometimes I've been in the car and my wife's done something like we don't agree with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't happen much, but um, but I'm like okay, well don't say nothing. And then when the kids are on the bed, oh just at that, that time in the car, just 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 talk me through that. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think it's important that there's you don't you don't un, uh, undermine not the right word but you don't you don't challenge your partner or you don't challenge in front of the kids because then at least that, that then shows a bit of separation mm. yeah. which is quite hard to do in the moment as well because sometimes you just it just jump <laughs> it yeah, just yeah. comes out yeah, yeah. breathe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is your favourite part of being a dad if you can choose one to be fair just 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 watching the kids be happy. You know, whether or not that's that that, that that's a, like so sometimes the the best moments are the, are the moments you do nothing, right? So we could be at home and you know my youngest might say, "Come on, Dad, let's go watch a movie," right? So we'll just go up and just watch a movie, like to see her smile watching I don't know Beauty and the Beast or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, other t- like the, my eldest who love being active, so whether or not that's playing playing basketball in the garden or you know my daughter's into surfing at the moment, so. I'm the one that knows nothing about surfing, trying to tread water, trying to push my daughters away. But to see her get up and, and look back at you with a thumbs up, like I really, I really value time with them because I, I'm not there as much as what as what I have been in previous years. So again, like it doesn't really matter if you're doing coloring in or you're doing a bit of homework or you're down the beach. It doesn't necessarily you, know, you don't need to you know, do the big things in life. Mm. It's, it's more about the day to day stuff. But just seeing them, you know, just just be happy. Um, you know, truly being fit and healthy. I think that's 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 one thing that you know we're very very blessed at, at the moment. You know, we've had some friends of ours that have had some very challenging times, um, and we've seen we, you know we've seen them come through that, which is amazing. Um, and obviously, I guess the big thing is your own personal health, right? If you don't look after yourself, then you know it puts you, it puts you at greater risk as well. So, yeah, um, I enjoy I enjoy wake up in the morning with the little one saying, "Come on, Dad, get out of bed." It's Nine o'clock already. <laughs> Not quite that late, but you get my point, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, in, all, in all your years of experience, do you have any uh, low-cost, wet weather uh, or entertainment ideas that you like to do with the kids? Anything that's kind of easy or just little hacks or anything that uh, kind of gets them all excited and on board? Yeah, actually YouTube is um, YouTube's quite good for that on, on these smart TVs now um, where you can... Um, might just be like little little home challenges where it might be or um, 
making making cool paper airplanes or something, but doing like a cool spaceship one with a bit of, with a bit of paper. So just even just mm. it, it's quick, it's easy, but it's amazing what kids pick up and buy into. You know, before you know it, okay, well let's get the paint out and just go and paint them all. On. Yeah, yeah. So the arts and crafts are the ones like like we have just a, a stack of stuff at the house. So low cost, yeah. just in that's that's um and and for all ages too. Like again, my my youngest two like it, the oldest two like it, it becomes a bit of a competition. And then at the end, it's like, hey, which one's the best? I'm like, Nick, like you got to pick one. I'm like, they're all good. I'm like, hey, but you've got to pick one. I'm like, all right. Do you have... I'm just over here taking notes for my last four days in ISO. Yeah. That's, that's why this question was in there. Just yeah, thank you. I was just going to say, do you have a chart? Just go through like, well, I gave first prize to one this time and then next one it's two and then three. Just, just keep, keep the rotation. The only chart, I mean... I'm still taking advice on bedtime, right? Because our kids, like, we have a we have a five bedroom house, and um, they still end up sleeping in our bed. You know, thirteen, ten, seven, seven. Like, they still end up in our bed. So, the amount of charts that we've done, like, they get they get fifty cents per night each if they stay in their own bed. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> have they got fifty cents yet? No. Like, bedtime is like I'm sleeping with you tonight. No, no, no. I'm sleeping with them. It's like, well, you got your own bedroom. It's like, no, don't do that. I'm like. <laughs> So, I, I, if there's any listeners out there that's got some advice for that, please. Uh, I made a habit of. What, <laughs> I've made a habit of uh, just getting out of my own bed and going to sleep in their bed when they move to my bed. It works a treat. You still get a bed to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, it keeps the missus happy too. <laughs> it yeah. would be so bad, but there's, there's <laughs> yeah, exactly. legs all over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just a single bed and you're lying on top of a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, that's okay. yeah. Look, on that note, let's, I guess you mentioned it too about keeping healthy. So I guess a couple of my questions are about uh, Dad Bod's health and wellness, being you know, our wellness month. Um, so I guess the first one is how do you set that good example to your kids to promote that good health and that wellness? Um, I mean, you're, you're always communicating to your kids. It's important to get enough sleep. It's important that you're not on your PlayStation you know, 13 hours of the day. Um, it's important that you're, you're keeping your brain active. It's it's important that you're eating healthy and you and you're, you you keep yourself hydrated from a, from a nutritional point of view. And don't get me wrong, like for for us, it's all about balance. Um, you know, we we, we we eat well, but then we also enjoy treat. We we have a McDonald's from time to time. You know, the kids love it. You know, so yeah. I think um, I guess we we follow a very a very balanced approach. And um, I guess for, for us, it's you know, especially from a, a nutritional one, it's trying to like my wife. Um, for any, any any of your listeners, like when we first, when we first moved back to to Brisbane, the wife was like, "I want to get a thermomix." I'm like, oh, "What's a thermomix?" And she goes, it, it goes, "It's amazing. It does everything." I'm like, "What do you mean does everything?" She goes, "It cooks roast dinners. It makes ice cream. Anything you want. It's got the internet in it." I'm like, "What is that possible?" And I was like, "All right, all right. How much is it?" She goes, two and a half grand." I'm like, what? Two and a half thousand dollars for a thermix that cooks roast dinners and ice cream. Like, I don't get it. Anyway, but that thermomix would probably save save their lives. Really, like it, it does. It literally does everything. So, um, I wouldn't. I'm not going to suggest that we're we're good cooks or bad but bad cooks. But in terms of having, you know, we, we use the thermomix with everything because you know we use natural foods and what we put into it is what what goes into our body, right? So I guess our kids without even knowing it, um, they kind of just follow what we do. So we have chocolate in the fridge, we have ice cream in the fridge, we have all sorts of all sorts of treats and stuff. But I guess. Um, we, we you know we try and set good examples within ourselves. Obviously, you know from a 
even from you know i enjoy a glass of wine but never will i you know have a few bottles of wine you know and then and then <laughs> crash out on the floor like, um obviously that you know there's, there's why not <laughs> i'll probably wake up with 13 year olds with the wine as well but, but no like it's um yeah, like obviously we try and set good examples in life, and, and also when when we're when we're in society as well. Yeah, yeah, I think sometimes it's a little bit lost that you know a, a simple thing as holding a door open for someone, a simple thing as as helping helping someone cross the road, or, or you know seeing something but doing something about it. I think it's just setting examples within within our children, and they often pick it up. And probably the best thing about living in Asia is they're in an international school, so we, we were very lucky for for key years of their life that. Um, within the within expat life people come and go all the time mm -hmm. so there was never really consistency within with it within friend groups right yeah. so the ability for of my children just to go to a beach and just make friends yeah. go 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 anywhere to a park and just and just make friends and um my wife's like the social butterfly within within our household like she she you put her anywhere and she'll she, she'll thrive i'm a little bit more reserved but can hold conversation and <laughs> Um, so even with that, like if we're out and about, just being polite to people, like again, what your kids see, everything. So yeah, yeah. yeah. pick up those habits. Yeah, yeah no, that's great. Um, you mentioned earlier, obviously, about taking those breaths. Um, you know, when you feel like you're you're frustrated. But is there any other way that you use or what you do to escape stresses in your yeah. life? Uh, sport, exercise. Yep. I think that um, you know, my wife, my wife does it daily. She goes out for a walk or a run, or she goes to a friend's house and just and just exercises. So I guess. For me, because my body's so used to exercising that when, if I'm in isolation, for example, which I was a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks ago, I was just going insane because I had all this energy built up me that I just, there's so many times you can run in your garden, right? So um, I guess that's another stress relief is is, is to go and exert exercise. And whether or not that's going to the gym or going for a swim or going for a run or going to have a game of tennis with your mates or basketball, or something something active, I guess, is a, is a one way that um, I guess I'm able to have that balance in my life. So if, 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 um, if, if, if listeners aren't, aren't, aren't doing that um, within, their, within their current livelihood, then, then for me that works really well. So just making some time. You know, we've spoken about it before mm. too. You know, even that half an hour, get up that half an hour earlier and go for that walk. You know, if you're not a runner, well, start with the walk and then maybe you can become that runner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I like that. I, it's common sense to me and I wish I used it more though. You know, like I always, you know, like we spoke about it. That's why we're doing the wellness month. This one, I make those excuses like oh, I'm just so tired. I'm so yeah. at it. But I had to work out this morning for the first time since I, yeah, I, I got sick of COVID. So it's what three weeks. But I've been feeling good today. You know, and I, I just forget. You know, so yeah. To the advice that this is, you know, is take this advice and you know and stick through with it. One of the other things too is, and I, I probably don't do it enough in person, but you have you have your friend groups, right? That's yeah. away from your wife. So, you, you know, husbands and, and, and wives will have their own friend groups. So, I mean, I'm still, I still communicate with my mates via, via Messenger or WhatsApp groups and stuff, but actually taking the time just to, just to go and, and, and physically be in, in someone else's presence that's, mm, that, yeah. that presence that's outside, obviously, family is probably, I, I don't do it enough, and it's probably one thing that I should do a lot more often. But, again, it's, 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 it's time, and you should make time. Mm, I, yeah. I should make time, and, and I think that's another way in which, um, again, you can try and, because uh, again, don't don't be afraid to to um, communicate some of your some of your frustrations with them as well. Confide in them because they might be going through similar things, or you know, they might be able to give some give some advice or techniques that you can try and use. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's great. Look, I'll, I'll just ask one more for you. Um, is it, I guess what's been the most difficult stage of fatherhood for you so far? If you've had one, or if there's a couple, do you, you think um, the feeling that I'm not there actually? Yeah, yeah, 
I think it, it kind of relates to the last um, the last couple of years is is the feeling that again trying to try trying to trying to get balance in your and that that's not a that's not a, a negative thing towards what I'm doing now because again it's it's just a period of life that that, that I'm going through for the moment but it's the it, it's the feeling that that I'm and it's I hope it's not happening but the feeling that I'm kind of drifting away away from them when when um, obviously I'm always thinking of them is probably the yeah. best way to put it um, so that's that, that's that's my biggest fear or the biggest struggle is that it's just trying to stay connected all the time so again it's it's trying to cherish the moments that, that we do have and we, we have some we have some great time still obviously during the days and during, during the weeks but obviously that's one thing that um, yeah that's one thing that I do I, I do struggle with is is trying to not let I guess my, my biggest thing is I don't want to let anybody down because People give you opportunities in life, and you want to try and fulfil that as much as what you can. Um, you know, your wife, your kids, your, your, your co-workers, um, your bosses, yeah. um, your friends. Like mm. you, I guess. I guess my personality is I try and I'll, I'll probably try and do too much, and then probably not do enough with anything. It, yeah. there's, there's a quote there somewhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I stretch myself very thin. Um, so, um, but I guess I, I do that for I guess reasoning that I want to. Again, I want to. I, I want to be you know, successful as a husband and, and, and a father, but obviously within within my career and and I guess try and work as hard as what I can to again try and install with with my family that that it's okay to to have aspirations and dreams, but you have to go and work to get it. Yeah, oh, awesome. Yeah, thanks very much. It, it seems like I'm just chatting with you, man. Like obviously, you mentioned those small moments, you know, with the kids at home. You know, and that's one of my favourite things at the moment too. You know, that those small little moments, and I think I'm probably very similar to you. You know, working, um, but then tutoring after work, and then you know all of these other little things um, that sometimes I don't feel present at home. But like you said, always thinking about at home. Mm. So I think it probably brings back to like one of my favourite things is those little things. You know, it's yeah, we could go out and have an awesome day, like we go to dream I'd see the wiggles or whatever. It's actually probably at home. Her just grab my hand, gone, come colour with me. You know, so, you know, to the listeners out there, just treasure those little moments because, you know, you're going to want them. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, like my, my son's really into his football. Um, my eldest is really into swimming and football. And like he's, uh, my son's really taken off with his with, with his football recently. I mean, he's a good little player. And um, you know, he wakes me like, it's probably the last six months. Um, he wasn't really into like looking up the news and the scores in the mornings or watching the highlights but it's just clicked for him right yeah. which, which is great like, again I don't I don't force anything on him to actually we'll play football <laughs> <laughs> not forcing it yet yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but he's uh, but like, for example Man United were playing this morning against Brian and he, he wakes me up at 6 o'clock saying dad kickoff's about to come kickoff's about to come so I'm like alright and then we, we kind of roll over and I put it on put it on the phone and and I'm kind of, going United. I'm kind of like yeah, I've got like half asleep, kind of half awake watching it. Um, he loves coming in the dressing room with the boys, for example, like within within the first team. He loves just being around and present. And I guess that like when I'm when I'm out watching my daughter swim, or I'm out um, with my son watching football, or my youngest two just in the garden, is my phone does not stop. All right. So I guess what I try and do is whenever I'm out and about try not to see them with me on my phone because they look at me as if I'm watching that am, am I watching them yep. and, uh, and, and sometimes I have to be because an emergency might come up um, whereas I don't profess to be to, to 100% of the time because sometimes I can't but 
um, wherever possible. I, I do try and ensure that if I, if I go home, my phone's out of view. It, it's yeah. it's not turned off, but it's it's somewhere out where I can just see the buzz or see the light yeah. pop up um, because you know you see it and then you look at it and then what's your kid looking? What, what, what's your kid looking at? They're they're looking at you more interested in the phone more so than than kind of them. Mm. So. Yeah. Uh, I guess yeah, that's about, about kind of being present. It's 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 at home or wherever you are. Um, yeah, to, to, to try and reduce. I mean, you, you can't stop, mm. but to, just to try and reduce what they see with you on technology. Because I don't, to be honest, I don't really like it. Yeah, but you have to. You got to use it now, right? Yeah. That's, that's that's it. Hey Matt, I, I I do have one more question, real quick one though, because um, I think a lot something new that's come up that we didn't know and a lot of listeners might be interested in is oh, what made you adopt. And how rewarding is it? Um, it started um, actually started from from my wife. Um, we, we we met um, we met in Laos um, backpacking. Um, for those for those listeners that have backpacked, that was two thousand and two thousand and seven. Um, and and I don't know if it's changed now, but. I guess backpackers go on like a backpacker route and you go throughout Asia and they all kind of follow the same tourist routes. Um, you kind of jump on the back of some groups and you come off them group and go and join other groups. So you end up kind of traveling in sometimes groups of 10, 15, 20, 30 people and you go from hostel to hostel mm-hmm. and city to city and experience to experience. So um, I, met, I met Aisha, um, she, formed, she formed our group and um and like backpackers do you go and spend lots of times in orphanages and the sites and um go and experience the ring that 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 life has with you and um i guess that's where that's where you you, you saw outside the the big city so if you go to you know, your big capital cities in the southeast asian regions they're they're fairly supported but you start going to all the rural um, orphanages and you see the kids in the street like that that just opens your awareness opens your mind to um I guess how lucky we are in in in, in Western mm-hmm. society to be able to have all the resources that are available to us. So um, I remember this this one night we were in um, Luang Prabang um, in Laos. Um, Is that the tubing on the river city? One of those ones? Actually, no, it wasn't. Was it Bang Vien? It it it, it, it was one of them. Um, it was uh, where Angkor Wat is. What, what what's the nearest city to that one? It's near in Karad anyway, yeah. and um, I'm walking home one night back back to our hostel, and um, there was like a she must have been, I'd say eight or nine, and she had two babies with her, like just 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 walking the street. So an eight nine year old looking after two babies, like and there's no, there's no one around. Like how is that even possible? So um, I just remember like we, we kind of me and we obviously weren't husband and wife then, but we just I should I walk by, um, just about to go up to the steps of our. Um, of a hostel and, and then uh, I she was like oh, I've just go to, she'll go to the shops so I was like alright but you can tell like she was quite emotional and she um, went into like the 7-Eleven or supermarket and um, the kids were still like hovering out ho- hovering outside and she just bought like a like three or four bags worth of just food like vegetables milk whatever was in there and then she went to the cash machine and she 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 she, she, she withdrew like loads of money um, rightly or wrongly, like uh, again, it's um, that, that's just how it kind of started, and, and obviously gave it gave it to the um, this young eight or nine year old with two babies, and and um, I guess that that kind of opened our eyes to to I guess what um, opportunities were like there um, in, in some of the nations. So obviously we were, we were in no position. We didn't even have kids on our own at that point. We had, we were in no position to be able to um, go, go go through that path and. When we um, moved to Australia and bought the first house, had the first baby, 
still making enough to try and to try and put roof over your head, right? Because you have mortgages and bills, mm. and I remember things being real tight at the beginning. And and um, as time progressed, like there was always conversations like between Asha and I that okay, well, if we're ever fortunate enough to be in a position where we could, you know, um, adopt or you know take on, um, I wanted two children to begin with and then my wife was like no not ten <laughs> so um, we, we had our third and, and then and look there was an opportunity to come to come into Asia to play football um, I was 32 at the time um, the constant adopting from overseas was always was always there um, not that we wouldn't have adopted from Australia or England but I guess seeing what we saw in an underprivileged society kind of led us down down that route and then what probably many listeners probably wouldn't know is that, is that obviously that was one of the one of the not the main reason but one of the reasons why we left Brisbane and, and, and I guess took the opportunity in Bangkok was was uh, well, you, know, you, you write your list of your positives and negatives about about making a change and that was on that was on one of the one of the positives list that if um, and I only signed a one plus one year deal so um, I had to meet certain criteria in my first year of my contract to get me automatic second year and and um so we kind of made a, we kind of made a bit of a deal that if things went well within within that first year that we would go down the process of adopting. Um, so within six months, the the club had signed me already on a, on another three year deal. So it was like okay, well that kind of started off started off that really. So that's how it kind of come about. And um, beauty, wow, yeah. that's an incredible, that's story. unbelievable, yeah, yeah. something that real. didn't just you know wasn't just a short term thing. It's something you've been thinking about as a couple for years and years, yeah. Look, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest and say that obviously, my, I mean, my wife was the, the main driver in that. Again, she's she's from very, a, a very um, culturally um, welcoming and warm family. Um, so she was, um, you know, she was she, she she'd always be the one that would be in the car driving driving somewhere, and she'd be like, "Okay, well, uh, are, you, are you ready to do it yet? Are you ready to do it yet?" She she'd have, she'd have done it back then, and I was like, "Okay, I'm like like I'm the I'm the planner." Right? I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> It's got to be right. And things have got to be in place, and and she's like spontaneous. Like she she'll go okay, let's go and she'll go and buy a house. And she'll go and buy a house. Or whereas I'm like, no, we've got to we've got to you know we've got to strategically look at this for like six six months or a year. And she's like, <laughs> will, you, will you give it a break already? So um, so so yeah. Right, we're back and we've just finished wrapping up with a great interview with Matt so thank you mate we've covered a very broad range of topics there um, some really really good advice for, for, uh, for new and, and uh, some old dads as well so thanks mate I really appreciate it uh, we've, we've got a bit of a uh, how daddy you quiz that we like to do with all of our guests uh, it's pretty easy it's just 10 questions um, but if you don't get at least 7 out of 10 you've got to either hand in your citizenship or your least favourite kid that's uh, that's high. So like, <laughs> you got me scared. <laughs> All right. As long as it's not maths. No, no. Nah. Just these just, are all dad related. These are mostly just kind of yes or no. Do you do these things? All right. Uh, so first of all, uh, do you wear socks and sandals? No. <laughs> My wife would kill me. <laughs> do you keep your phone on loud always? Never loud. <laughs> do you use keypad tones? Uh, no. <laughs> that annoys the hell out of me. Do you, do you cough to cover up a fart? <laughs> I don't fart. <laughs> do you give your kid the dad eyes when they're naughty? 100%. Nice. Yeah, I've got to look apparently. I don't know I'm doing it sometimes. My wife says, it's just, what, are you doing? What, are you, what are you staring at? 
oh, what's that other thing? She goes, just there and I'm, like, I'm not. <laughs> That's the dad look. Dad eyes. <laughs> um, do you say, I guess it's free then when the FPOS machine isn't working? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> do you say, you can do mine next when you see your next door neighbour washing their car or mowing their lawn? Mowing their lawns, yeah. yeah. My, my, my neighbour's got a pristine lawn. He's got this like, lovely little like, lawnmower that's like, Chuggers along and there's me like rattling about and it's like and then I'm like he's like that get inside you're embarrassing me <laughs> lawnmower shame <laughs> was, yeah, envy uh, do you enforce the dad tax when dad tax when you give food um yeah I always I always make sure I get the largest plate yeah 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 Turn a little, tick, a little, little bite yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh, that looks nice. And I was like, well, well, look at that bird over there. Swipe a <laughs> do, you, uh, do you use bread to mop up your plate after a roast? <laughs> nice English roast. No, I'm always hanging into the kids a knife and fork. So I, I get annoyed when they don't use a knife and fork. So. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to go in on this one for sure. <laughs> no, mate, no, do you say day for it uh, when the sun's out? Do I say what? Day for it. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I think we said that might be an Australian thing. I was going to yeah. say, with all these Aussie things. Said, uh, oh, I forgot to pull out my English list. You were going to say, you kind of stumped me there. Like, um, all right, last one. Do you turn down the radio when you're looking for a street number? That's English. <laughs> we don't listen to the radio. Um, there you go. <laughs> No, but I, 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 I hate the navigation when, you, when, you, when you're in the car, though. Like, turn left here and that sort of stuff. Like, that drives me insane. So, I'm not like... Any, I like silence. Like, yeah. I'm a real silent guy. Like, any, like any of the beeps or, like, there's tones or, like, I'm in the office and I hear, like, something vibrate on a table. I'm like, I, I give the dad less. <laughs> nice. All right. I think... So, you stop. I like you. Surely, I got yeah. 10 out of 10 for that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think you got a couple, even, a couple answer, of good ones there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll still give you a pass anyway. Um, now it is time yes. for our favourite moment of the week. Shit dad moment of the week. Oh, how good. It just gets better and better. <laughs> that was a shock to us a couple of weeks ago, Matt. With that came out. Damn it, That's not our normal I was time. crying. <laughs> <laughs> And Nick's just come out of nowhere, and that's yeah, we're we're just a riddle. Bam! Oh, look, um, listeners, we've actually all been on our best behaviour um, due to Nick and his Clippers. Um, so we're lucky enough to have some uh, guests, or you know, some listeners put in from the social. So, um, a first one here from Dan, and it reads: So, me and the wife were in the bedroom trying to get some homework done after the kids had gone to bed. The door was locked. Kids knocking on the door saying they weren't tired, usual stalling tactic, etc., etc. So I told them, just go back to bed. Little did I know that they had gone and got a butter knife, unlocked the door, and the door swung open. Mm-hmm. They asked, what are we doing? And we said, oh, we're having a cuddle. Go back to bed. Then as they walk away, we hear them say, what do you think they were doing in there? <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much, Dan, for sharing. Wow. Uh, Absolutely. figure out a, another way to lock the door from the inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Push the cabinet up against it. <laughs> Let's put one of those little slide locks in the yeah. hotel room. <laughs> um, we got another one uh, from Greg. So, uh, listening to 
Uh, Nick's kid hairdressing last week. Uh, it was a disaster. I thought it was pretty funny myself because it wasn't my kid. Uh, but <laughs> he related heavily to this. And uh, not only is there a mascara all over the bedroom wall, my eldest now looks like a nugget. <laughs> she has no friends. <laughs> disaster. Time to lock the bathroom door here too. <laughs> she looks like a nugget. That is great. <laughs> Matt, for a bit of, bit of context, um, my, I, I left my bathroom door open. My kids found my clippers, my beard trimmer, and um, yeah, took to it with the took to the little sister's head with the beard trimmer. The rest is history. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the day before school. <laughs> we, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had that with um, with my eldest. We had um, my, my my wife's sister's wedding was in was in Barcelona. Um, I don't know, two thousand sixteen, I think it was two thousand fifteen, and. Um, so she was a, a flower girl and um, beautiful, you know, brunette hair down to down to her shoulders. And pretty much a week before flying flying out to Barcelona, she decided to get the scissors out of the drawer and literally across the whole thing, <laughs> not even to the point where you can like cut it. And, and it was like it was like sticking out. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so the amount of glue and wax that was in my daughter's hair for the wedding. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. So, listeners, lock your scissors and your clippers away. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's more At least story. until then. Hold it up tonight. All right. We got one more. Uh, this one came in this morning from, from my mate. Uh, we keep him anonymous. Um, he thought it was a great idea to leave his two and a half year old uh, in the bathroom. Thought, you know, let's listen to her. It's a great idea. She wants to go to the toilet by herself. He blamed her for clogging the toilet with clearly what was a ginormous turd. <laughs> he tried to plunge it himself. He used even a pool noodle to blow it out. What? His words, I literally saw him this morning. It's like, yeah. um, anyway, he thought he was done. So he thought, I'm going to give this a test. So he went in, had to shit himself. Um, realised it was still blocked. Um, wife was going mad, you've got to get a plumber here. And he's like, I'm not paying for a plumber to come in here. So he did the old reach up the pipe because he could feel what was blocked. Oh. Sifting through his own shit because of his own mistake to find that his daughter had dropped the air freshener in the toilet and flushed it down. So he said, moral of the story, keep air fresheners out of small children's reach and don't fish through oh. the toilet. Oh, yeah. Get a plumber. Yeah, That's don't the moral of the the pool noodle's an interesting dad hack. <laughs> well, he was, he was probably obviously using it to see, like, what's stuck, what is it, you know, like, I'm like, mate, she's two and a half. Do you really think she's laid cable that big to block your toilet? Nah. Like, I reckon maybe I'll roll the toilet paper. Yeah, yeah. maybe uh, yeah. that will eventually go down. But no, he said he was determined to not call that plumber. Fair enough. I'm like the least handiest person around, like, um, Whenever there's, whenever there's, like, my father's a carpenter, as, as I mentioned earlier, and he's real handy. He can, fix, he can do anything. So whenever there's like little jobs that come up, so we, he's like, Dad, can you come up for the weekend? We've got a few little jobs. Yeah, he comes up. So the kids, or my kids, see his granddad do everything. It's got to the point now where um, a simple thing like a light bulb goes, and the kids go, Oh, Dad, you can't fix it. You better call granddad. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, like, like, I'm enslaved one now that I'm like, I get splinters every time. <laughs> That's awesome. And so this um, is that they're our sent in shit dad moments. Nice. Thanks, everyone, who has sent something in. Shit dad moment of the week. <laughs> um, so that's pretty much the show for today, guys. Uh, 
first and foremost, thanks again, Matt, for, for hosting us uh, in, your, in your office here, uh, for coming on um, and, you know, helping us out uh, with the pod. Obviously, loved, loved hearing all your stories. Uh, it's the first time we've had anyone come on that has their own Wikipedia page, so we were very, <laughs> very excited about that. I wouldn't trust what's on there, though. <laughs> no, well, we're going to add a few more things about this, your dad. But, yeah, really appreciate one, one it. One thing I didn't do was call up Mooney and get some dirt. <laughs> Uh, the, the, yeah, there'd be a lot. I, I, I did have a. Not many people would know this, but um, I did have a an Asian um, interview. Um, it was a, a Chinese um, person contacted me a few years ago and loved an interview and curious. Yeah, fantastic. We, we we teed up and he found this bit of dirt and not many people know this, but in the first year at the rot, I burnt my I burnt my foot with boiling hot water trying to put on new pairs of boots. So when because on Nike you just send boots through, right? And I always used to wear my boots tight. So to, to make them a bit more loose, I used to soak them in boiling hot water and then you know wash them off and then put it in. Yeah. And there was one day where I um, I put my boots on and they were still a bit tight. I literally went went to the, the bathroom like like twenty seconds, right? By the time I come back, I didn't hear the kettle go, but the dazzles the kit the kit man at the time flicked the switch. So I picked up the kettle and just poured it straight onto my foot. And do you know when you get in the bath? Like, oh, that's hot, and you get yourself out. It was a bit like that. So I ran out on the pitch. And uh, I've done that one lap, and I'm like, Oof, my foot doesn't feel right here. I, I took my sock off, my sock off, and I had like bubbles and my, bubbles on my ankle. We had a game against Mariners the next day. I ended up playing, but that was like probably the, of all the pieces of dirt to find, no one knew about that. And, 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 and Charlie's got that I never knew before in my life. Just randomly found that from the internet. So it, it, trust me, it's out there. <laughs> Dazzle, Dazzle's called him up beforehand. <laughs> yeah, good old Dazzle. Um, is, and, and as a parting bit of advice, um, any, any other last words uh, for our listeners around anything to do with um, you know fatherhood or, or fitness or anything like that? No, just enjoy it. I guess you, you get so worked up in your lives, right? So um, it, it's uh, it's true what they say: each moment, treat each moment as its last, and, and embrace it. Nice, awesome. lovely. Um, let's keep trickle feeding that shit daddery by following us on Instagram and your podcast platform. Send your shit dad stories and jokes through to shitdadpod at gmail.com or slide into our Instagram DMs. Uh, and guys, don't forget, the, get excited. The merch is on the way. We're getting shirts. We're getting stickers. We want to see those stickers on, on your cars, uh, on your bumpers, uh, and plastered around play, like, playgrounds everywhere. <laughs> so we all have a Brisbane city as well. On the goalpost. As long as you buy a pizza, you're real. Oh, yeah, yeah. We can just get them on the pizza boxes. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, and... Don't forget to continue sports, smashing fibres, um, you know, who keep us running. And um, I wish that my pay wasn't subsidised by holidays um, at the moment because I would be smashing up, smashing fibres. And <laughs> 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 um, until next time, uh, give us a nod, keep working on your dad bod and playing with your rod. Have a belter of a week, guys, for the kids. Mm-hmm.